0: Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're going to hear from Dr. Colander about his unique personalized concierge practice and his plans for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Collender will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to be taking to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack, and stroke, stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Collander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk to us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, welcome back. Your shows are always very informative, but I still think people who are listening, we've got new listeners, we've got regular listeners. Can you delve a little bit more into the practice of the concierge practice, what that's all about and prevention and how it benefits individual patients to move from the regular primary care practice into a practice such as yours, which specializes in prevention.
1: Well, thanks, Amory. There's a, two areas you're kind of you're talking about. One is our focus on prevention. And I spend a lot of time with my patients identifying the disease of plaque, which is what causes heart attack stroke, and the processes that cause plaque also contribute to Alzheimer's, dementia and Parkinson's. So, Our goal is to identify these conditions far before and earlier than traditional medicine would make the diagnosis so that we can act on what we find to hopefully stop the progression to a clinical disease or an event. So that's our goal is I expect that none of my patients would have a
0: heart attack or stroke in the practice. And none of your patients have gone into the hospital and been put on a ventilator during the time of COVID either. So how were you able to accomplish that tremendous feat?
1: Well, the key is um, really early treatment. So, you know, where a lot of doctors were, you know, we've talked about this for a year and a half on the show, where doctors were shutting down their offices, we kept our office open. And... I wanted to hear my patients about what their health was the moment they became sick. So because a concierge practice is by nature a smaller practice, um, our patients, because we wanna be able to offer a high level of service to everybody in the practice, I'm able to communicate with everybody and i let them know that if they get sick, I wanna hear about it that day and instruct them on how to handle themselves
0: during this COVID pandemic. I mean, my take from this and knowing your practice is that having access to a doctor's office 24-7, people tend to get sick over the weekend, especially during COVID. You can come down in a heartbeat with a fever, be sick, and where do you go? You yourself have said, don't go to the emergency room, and we've got lots of testimonials about why that doesn't work. And But where else do they go? They can't call the primary care physician because they got to wait till Monday to call in, and then maybe if they're lucky, get an appointment. By that time, they're dead, so it doesn't work. Well, you know, I've tried to keep an open
1: mind about what I think is the right thing to do for my patients, and one of the reasons that I chose to go into a concierge practice is I didn't want to be an employee. And part of being an employee is that other people, meaning the administration or my bosses, would tell me how to practice. So COVID is actually a great example of why I needed to do this for my patients because I'm able to make my choices for my patients without being restricted by a hospital formulary or a company's position on one treatment or drug or another. I'm completely free to make any decision that I want for my patients as I see fit, and I don't have oversight telling me what to do or not to do. And I'll say, during COVID, it's become invaluable because, as you said, I've had zero people go to the emergency room.
0: I mean, that in itself is unbelievable. And I think for all the people that are listening out there, I think that one of the things they're most afraid of is, if I get sick, where do I go? Because they already know they're not going to get in to see their primary care physician. Um, Some of them are only doing telemedicine. And... uh, you know, there there's, there's no hope for any help out there. So what are they going to do? And they're left with a choice of going to an urgent care center or going to the emergency room. And that all leads to nothing. And I do want to talk to you about what actually happens when patients go to an emergency room in a hospital. You give your patients treatment. What happens when they get admitted because they can't breathe or because they've got a serious case of COVID? What well, after they've been triaged, what, what is being in the hospital, what kind of treatment do you get? Your patients get better because you treat them. What happens to the ones that wind up in the hospital? Well,
1: unfortunately, a lot of the treatments that I'm using as outpatient are not indicated for the hospital.
0: Wait, what does not indicated mean?
1: Well, for example, we use hydroxychloroquine all the time for people that have COVID.
0: And okay, this- then it's an indicated no, Remedy no well it's indicated for your patients and your practice. I'm making the choice to use it even
1: though um, Most doctors are being instructed or have been advised that it's not indicated. So Henry Ford did a study at the beginning of COVID to test hydroxychloroquine as a preventive drug and That study did show that hydroxychloroquine taken early or used as a prevention uh, method was helpful It was the only study measuring hydroxychloroquine in that way. Every other study using hydroxychloroquine was used in sicker hospitalized patients. So my take home is that it's not for a hospitalized person, it's for someone before the hospital. So they're not going to get that drug if they're admitted to the hospital because it's
0: strictly forbidden. Okay, so let's come back and talk about that on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you are interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge personalized practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866 Colander. Again, that number is 866 KOLENDER. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is here with us explaining his, per- his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also explain to us the simple tests that are necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Collender directly at 866 collander Dr. Collender, last segment we were talking about, because obviously we're still in the time of COVID, there's now the Delta variant, the Super Delta variant, I don't know what other variants. People are confused. Should I get a booster? Should I not get a booster? My question to you is, for the population that's out there that belong to a what you call a population practice, primary care, can't get in to see your physician, maybe it's telemedicine, they get sick over the weekend or in the evening at 11 o'clock, they get a high fever, they can't breathe. They have no choice but to be taken to emergency room and or the hospital. And I want to know, my question to you is, none of your patients died or went to the hospital. They, of the many patients you've had that have covid they all survived. You treated them. Now let's talk about what happens when you go to your local hospital. I happen to know of a friend of mine whose father, young fellow, somewhere in his you know, early 50s, was not vaccinated, came down with COVID, was taken to one of our local hospitals. And now I get the update that one week later, he's on an induced coma on a ventilator. What went wrong with this patient? and and why is the hospital not able to work the magic that you're able to work this is like mesmerizing
1: lamry well, it's the difference between proactive treatment and reactive treatment and it's the difference between prevention and treat and, and and treatment so my what i do is stop you from going to the emergency room and as we said drugs have certain indications So all of the treatments that I use are not indicated for hospital use.
0: Okay, wait. I'm going to stop you here because this is really confusing for the listening audience. What in God's name does that mean, not indicated for hospital use? You're an MD. You're an internal medicine doctor. You're a healer. You give it to your patients. They survive. They don't go to the hospital. Why is it that the people in the hospital go on a ventilator and then they die? Well,
1: there are research studies. And they're testing certain treatments in certain situations. And they found that, you know, the drugs that to me are the most helpful now are monoclonal antibody therapy. And Are they doing
0: that in the hospital?
1: They cannot because technically if you're in the hospital, you have severe COVID. It's not indicated for severe COVID. So if you're admitted to the hospital, you
0: can't get monoclonal antibody therapy. What therapy giving, are they giving you? What, what medications are they giving you? What are they doing to prevent you from being in a ventilator? Because there's no good stories coming out of ventilator patients. They've got limited choices, to be honest.
1: All they really have at their disposal, specifically for COVID, is remdesivir. And in Europe, they're not using remdesivir very much because there's data that shows it's not that effective. But in the United States, we're using remdesivir. That's the main tool for people that have COVID in the hospital. So in fact, I got a call today, we'll talk about this more on our live shows, but I got a call today about a patient's aunt in Ohio who was admitted to the hospital. Again, the key is no preemptive plan. If you don't have a doctor, a doctor you can get a hold of, a doctor willing to treat you for the problems that you have, well, then your only choice is to go to the hospital. Once you go to the hospital, now your choices are severely limited, in my opinion, when it comes to COVID. The hospital plan is to support you, support your blood. Support life. Support life. Yes. Blood pressure, oxygenation, heart pumping, while your body fights off COVID on its own. What if your
0: body doesn't have the capability of fighting it off on its own? That's ridiculous. You're going to die. Okay, but do you see that's ridiculous? Oh, of course I know. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, we've talked many times about the fact that, and, you know, of course, Matthew Sims has been on the show. He's been on television talking about this. He's, what, the director, MD, PhD of um, infectious disease at Beaumont. And what he's talking about is by the time they go to the hospital, they're mostly people, the people who have died are mostly people who have not been vaccinated. But let's set that aside and say, regardless of whether you've been vaccinated or not vaccinated, If you come down with COVID and you know that that's probably what you've got, your chances of survival are not the hospital if the hospital is not treating the disease.
1: You're definitely more likely to have a bad outcome if you're not vaccinated and you end up in the hospital. But I would agree with you that I've treated both vaccinated people of every age and unvaccinated people mostly younger. And none of them end up even looking at the emergency room thinking about it because what I'm doing, which is, not, which is available, assuming
0: you can get to somebody like me willing to prescribe the medications. That's really... Well, everybody can get to somebody like you. They just know how to, how to find somebody like you. It comes
1: down to access. Right. You know, so why don't people know this is a problem of marketing. You know the government and every television show has no trouble telling you to get vaccinated, but I guarantee you that there are double vaccinated people dying in the hospital. Sure. Because there's Delta breakthrough. Right. No one needs to die from COVID anymore. In my, again, this is my experience. As long as you get early treatment,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that, and certainly this country has the resources. They absolutely have the
0: resources.
1: And unfortunately, this is, again, a big problem with our healthcare system is the resources are not aimed at prevention. They're aimed at dealing with you when you're in a critical situation. So even though it's possible to stop you from going to the hospital, it almost seems like the system wants you in the hospital.
0: Well, that's where they make money.
1: And I'm going to take your line, Anne-Marie, that's incumbent upon the listener. To find somebody who's gonna keep you out of the hospital, you've got to do your own research.
0: It, precursor to that is that they need to realize that the hospital is not where they want to go. I mean, this particular patient who I happen to know his daughter, and his daughter took her to took I'm sorry, took him to the hospital where he was admitted, and now he's in terrible shape in an induced coma on a ventilator, and he's in his early fifties. And he was, you know, healthy and well two or three weeks ago. Now, granted, he was not vaccinated. And coming back to what Matthew Sims says, most of the people that die on ventilators in the in Beaumont Hospital are people that were not vaccinated. But regardless, whether you've been vaccinated or not vaccinated, it seems like all roads lead to a practice like yours, where at least when you find out that your patient is giving symptoms of COVID, you give them or they get a rapid test they find out yes they're positive and then you immediately start on some kind of resolution of administering medi- medicines that will keep them out of the hospital and they all survive
1: you know it's really about um again it's about access and i agree with what you're saying that everyone not, has
0: access to people like you they just it's hard just, to find people like
1: you it's about having someone who can make the decisions that are beneficial for the person and not being limited by a systematic decision of, of of how to take care of people, what that I'm trying to say is, doctors who are employees of a system or a hospital or a company are abiding by the rules of the of that system. So, if you can't figure out by now that it's time to find a doctor who's got a foot out the door, so that you have your options open, I don't know how to tell you that. You know, I don't know how what else you need to see to
0: make that the choice because it's obvious. I think people have relied on their doctors for so long that they don't realize that they are being, you know, more or less just left out to dry and not that they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And, they, you know, they get sick and they call the doctor's office. The doctor's not there. And then they just get sicker and they go to the hospital. And what you're saying right now, and we'll follow up on this on the other side of the break, is The hospital is not the place to go. If you think you've got COVID and you have COVID, they are not going to treat you. And I hope I'm understanding what you're saying. But I'll come back to this on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also explain about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. And for more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, and I also want to tell the listeners, by the way, Dr. Colander on every Thursday at 7 p.m. following the Mitch Album show. It is the only live show that we know of in the country where you can call in and talk to the doctor directly, whether it's about COVID or any of your other problems in this broken healthcare system. So that's every week, 7 p.m. on WJR News Talk 760. Please note on your calendar to tune in. That is your only chance to talk to the doctor on the live show. Dr. Collender, let's come back to this issue that I'm extremely upset about, that we tend to think of our hospitals as being, we're gonna. If we go there, that's our best chance of surviving, our best chance of getting well, our best chance of getting the best treatment. Now, what I'm understanding right now is, if you have COVID, you better stay as far away from a hospital as you possibly can, because 100%. When I, wait, yeah. I just want to make sure that I understand, the listeners understand, and I know this because I've just recently come across a case of someone I know who was admitted to one of our local hospitals, and he is now on an induced coma on a ventilator, an early 50s guy who was fine a month ago. So granted, he was unvaccinated. That's another story. If you want to address it, it's fine. But what the listeners need to know is if you get the symptoms of COVID, first of all, you need to find out whether you have it or not. And second of all, don't go to the hospital.
1: You know, we've talked all along about um, having a doctor who's going to take your call and you know, when you're quoting... No the, doctors take your call. And when you're quoting hospitalists, doctors who work in a hospital system, saying the people dying in a hospital are mostly unvaccinated, the real key there is they're in the hospital. Right. You, you need to not go. And I'm not saying die stopped, at home. You've
0: actually stopped patients. You had a patient... You've had patients of yours that said they, they thought they had COVID. Should they go to the hospital? And you've stopped them. So let's be clear about that. I tell... Well,
1: again because of the nature of my practice i can be in contact with all of my patients at will so they all know that the number one thing is that they feel sick in any way the first thing to do is get tested because as we've learned time is of the essence when it comes to covid not everyone
0: knows if their body's in a position to fight and have a good immune system quick question here i know there's a couple of tests there's the rapid test and there's the test that takes two days if a patient calls you and says, I feel as though I've got the symptoms of COVID, I'm really sick, I have a high fever, what should they do? Rapid test? Two-day test? Where do they go to get the test?
1: Honestly, I don't care anymore. Like, but
0: where would they go? Oh, where?
1: they can go to an urgent care. Um, there's urgent cares everywhere that do some kind of rapid testing. And, if they and that's do, reliable? Like, if their test is negative and they're sick and I'm suspicious that it's COVID, then I still have them get a PCR, which is more sensitive. So I don't just stop at one test if I'm suspicious if they're sick.
0: So the PCR is a two-day test?
1: It can get done in one day these days. Okay. Um, so it can get done in one day. So the PCR, um, if it's either test is positive, then immediately I put people on hydroxychloroquine, and identify whether or not they... Um, you know, get them started on hydroxychloroquine, and then I get them in the direction of getting monoclonal antibody therapy.
0: Okay, I have a question here. So you get admitted to the hospital, you get triaged, you get admitted to the hospital, and now when you get admitted to the hospital, you get put in a bed, you're a COVID patient on a COVID ward. Is the hospital giving you hydroxychloroquine monoclonal antibodies? What are they doing? What is in the IV you're getting in the hospital?
1: No, they're not. Why? You watch the news and all over the news is that hydroxychloroquine is not indicated by the FDA for use in COVID. So it's been clearly and expressly you know, uh, dismissed as an option for treatment in COVID. I still use it as an outpatient. I'm one of the few doctors willing to do it. Now, we're not even talking about ivermectin right now because I don't want to go there, But. I'm using androxychloroquine on every single one of my COVID patients, but because the FDA has said no, absolutely not, then if you work for a hospital, it's it's off the formulary. It's not an option. So you need to find somebody willing to treat you early. The other thing that's not available in the hospital is monoclonal antibody therapy. By definition, it's only for mild to moderate COVID. If you're in the hospital, you're automatically severe and no longer have that option because it's not indicated by the FDA in that use. And so even though we use drugs all the time off-label and, you know, I'll say the indications can be uh, a gray line, these days there's no gray line. The government, okay, I'm gonna
0: stop you here. Let's explain to listeners what does it mean to administer a drug that's off label?
1: Most so drugs are all indicated for a specific disease, but a lot of drugs are used for indications or conditions that are not for what they were um, they were approved for. Like for instance, the neurontin, which is a drug used for like nerve irritation, sciatica. Um, shingles, nerve injury. It's really an anti-seizure drug. I don't think anyone ever used it for a seizure, but they all use it off-label for nerve injuries of any kind, neuropathies. So I use all kinds of drugs off-label to suit my purposes. But in COVID time, all of a sudden, the indication has become the letter of the law, and we don't have this wiggle room. And we've talked before about pharmacists are enforcing this law and saying you can't prescribe this drug. And another thing I want to talk to you about is we've started adding inhaled steroids. So as... I mean, we
0: as in your practice. Me,
1: me, so not just me, but a few months ago, and you actually sent me the text, Anne-Marie, that, a, that Palma Court was found to be effective in people with covid and in their recovery. So now I since then I've added covid I've added polymacort to my covid uh you know armamentarium. So I you know I prescribe hydro- first everyone goes on supplements they've already been on supplements in my practice we put them on hydroxychloroquine I'll put them on polymacort I use a Z pack and then while they're on this on I'm immediately we'll schedule the monoclonal antibody therapy. Lately People have not been able to get the prescription for PalmaCort filled because the FDA has not approved it for COVID. Even though there's a research study showing that it's extremely beneficial in helping people recover from COVID, the FDA has not approved it for COVID, so it's not covered. So people are going to get it filled, and it's costing them $1,000 for an inhaler that oh should God. be a copay for twenty. So.
0: This is like unbelievable.
1: So then I need a workaround. I've got to order another kind of steroid that I prefer not to use, but they need it. So I do something different. That's other generic that I can get. But this is unbelievable. It's so disappointing that our healthcare system is failing us, and in such an extraordinary way. All you hear about is get vaccinated because if you're not, you're going to die in the hospital, but there's no measures in place to keep you out of the hospital. The barriers to stopping you from ending up in the hospital keep going up, and you end up in the hospital.
0: It's unbelievable that the pharmaceutical industry and that the... Uh drug stores are not able and the pharmacists are now denying medication that an MD is writing, and that's what you went to medical school for. You mean you're shocked that is taking advantage of a situation? I'm I'm not surprised. It just shouldn't be allowed. It needs to be stopped. In the meantime, we're gonna have to take a quick break and you are listening to the Collinor Medical Radio show. If you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you should be engaging with a concierge practice. Please only call Dr. Collender directly at 866 collander Again, that number is 866-KOLENDER. You're listening to the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. For more information, we're going to encourage you to only call Dr. Collender directly at 866 Collender. Dr. Collender, and let's tell the listeners once again, you do have a weekly show, 7 p.m. on Thursday. People need to tune into that if they have their own specific questions. You're live. We're the only live show that we know of where you can call in and talk to the doctor directly. Let's come back and talk about this mess that's out there with patients who may come down with, think they've come down with COVID. It's the weekend. It's Friday night. Their doctor's office is closed until Monday, and there's no chance when they call on Monday of getting an appointment on Monday. They may get sick fast. I guess COVID does make you sick pretty fast. And then their only choice is to go to the hospital. And now I'm finding they go to the hospital and they go to the hospital to get no treatment. Well, they're but, going but, but to get you, treatment, but you're you're it's not, not that your, effective. Yeah, well, it doesn't work. Same thing as no treatment. Mickey Mouse treatment doesn't matter. So the end of the line is they wake up, they g- get in the hospital, and you're just left there, watched until you get worse, and then you're giving, you're you are being given supportive, keep you alive, ventilators, whatever. But that's not treatment. That's
1: life support. Agree. And so, again, we are a preventive, you know, we're a preventive practice. That's our area of expertise. We want to stop things before they happen, and we've applied the same approach to COVID. And the best advice I can give the listeners, and again, it's irrespective of your decision to vaccinate or unvaccinate, there's, you know, on both sides, there's problems occurring in the hospital if you end up there. So the real issue here is early treatment. Make sure that you get in touch with the doctor immediately, start the right kind of supplements that help support your immune system. And actually those are things you can be doing earlier. Um, All my patients are taking vitamin D3. They're all on zinc because D3 helps support our immune system. COVID does not like zinc. Um, As soon as people become ill they're instructed immediately to get tested because as you've indicated in three days you could be on a ventilator right so you go from i got a sore throat cough and and on day three you're on the on the way to the emergency room instead of you know sitting in an urgent care getting an iv monoclonal antibody therapy thinking about where you're
0: going to dinner But who knows that, though? I mean, of all the listeners that are listening to the show and the people who are not fortunate enough to listen to your advice, God help them. Well,
1: unfortunately, our government isn't directing people to stay out of the hospital. And no news programs that are talking about numbers of vaccination or things like that are, you know, giving anybody anything, an idea what to do. So we're here the only people telling you to you know, uh, get early treatment. We're well, the, really o- the other question ones. I
0: have for you is when President Trump was in office, I just remember he came down with COVID, as did his entire cabinet or whoever was at his meeting that day, Kellyanne Conway and all the rest of them, all tested positive. Isn't it amazing? None of them wind up in the hospital.
1: Well, that Trump means they was, must
0: have been treated. Trump was in the hospital.
1: But he got treated. Well, he got Remgeneron. Right. Which is monoclonal antibody therapy. He was the first one in the world Right. to get it. And guess what? Here's a guy you'd look at and go, he's going to die from COVID. And 24 hours later, he's, he's marching well. up the lawn.
0: So that means that they can be cured.
1: The key to being cured is early treatment. And but, if people, but treatment
0: is the word. You have to be given treatment. They're not getting it in the
1: hospitals. They're not getting the treatment that works in the hospitals. They're getting treatment, but not the right ones because people aren't doing that well and again, they're being blamed on their vaccination state. And it's really being blamed on a failure of our system to give them care early enough. That's the failure. It's not about, oh, these people are dying because they didn't get vaccinated. No, they're dying because there isn't the right kind of treatment in the hospital that works. You've got to get them before they go. Same as what we do with heart attack and stroke prevention. We don't wait for you to have a stroke and start clutching your chest with angina. We identify your disease way before it's going to ever cause you a problem and address it then. It's the same principles that we're applying to COVID. Um, Again, my patients need to be active participants.
0: Well, I think access is the answer. I mean, it's whatever you come down with. It doesn't matter what disease or what symptoms you come down with. If it happens between 5 o'clock on Friday and 10 o'clock on Monday morning, you're just out of luck. It's not just access. You're right about that because that's access, but it's not just that.
1: If you're an employee of a hospital, you are—you un- may not write for hydroxychloroquine, which I use on every single COVID case. You'll be fired immediately. So other doctors who work for and hospital why, why systems is get that, fired. I don't
0: understand. What's the big problem? If they know it works or it works some of the time, why they, is it not they, better than nothing?
1: Well, they don't accept that it works. The, but you know that it does work. In my experience, it works beautifully. Okay. That's my experience. But if you are a hospital employee and all of the research points towards um, hydroxychloroquine not working in sick people, and it doesn't, by the time you get in the hospital, that's no longer the right drug for you. It's You're too sick for it. You miss the window for that drug to have an impact. you got to create the windows for people to get early treatment. And if you don't give them, they gotta know. And shame on the FDA, shame on, again, I'm not gonna knock the system, but no one knows because no one's telling them. And it isn't like it's not known, they don't want them to know. So we're here to tell you, whatever your choice is, have a plan, a doctor who's gonna answer your call, who's gonna give you the right kind of treatments, to save your life if you get COVID, because it's out there.
0: I mean, it's just really pathetic to think about the reach that we have, which certainly is not the whole country, but it's unbelievable to think about how many people are out there suffering. And if they get COVID, basically, God help them, because they should not be thinking about, when I go to the hospital, this is going to be my savior. They need to realize there are remedies, there are cures. You've proven that there are remedies and cures. It's just that the hospital is not able to administer those remedies and cures. And so, unfortunately, it's incumbent on the patient to realize that they need to get in touch with a practice such as yours where you can treat them immediately. I feel like we should offer our public service announcement also, Anne Marie. And that,
1: well, you know, we're not being paid by anybody to announce this, but we've mentioned on the uh, show multiple times that there is a National Infusion Center website. That will give you a map of infusion centers administering monoclonal antibody. And so, whether you can call your doctor or not, um, it's best to get COVID, go get tested at a facility that offers monoclonal antibody therapy so that you can get tested, identified, diagnosed, and treated, you know, all in uh, lockstep. You know, because it's we frankly can't handle the whole state, Amory, no, in the I, office. No, I understand. So but... we need to let people know that there's a way to do it, and that's what I would do: is plan ahead, know who your local infusion center is, so that if you get sick, that's where you're going to get tested, and that's where you're going to get treated. Uh, whether you can get that done through your doctor or not, it's available.
0: Yeah, and it's just uh, unfortunate that people have to figure this out for themselves, but certainly you can call Dr. Collender's office and he'll be glad to direct you to the kind of help that you need. Unfortunately, we're out of time and that wraps it up for the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by Collender Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Collender for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack and stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Dr. Collender directly at 866 collender Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope that you've enjoyed the show and that you've become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Collender Medical at eight six six calendar and thank you for listening.